0: Welcome back, everyone, to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I'm Caleb, and actually,
1: who's back, 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 back again, again, again.
0: Craig is back, back, back from the injured list. How's it uh, How's yeah. it feel to be back?
1: I'm back for more, man. Am I 100%? Hell no. Am I even 50%? Hell no, but a 25%, Craig is better than... Maybe 100% of Greg. I don't know. We'll see. we'll see what the listeners think.
0: Well, you're at least the other half of the show, and the other half of the show is back. So we are back at full capacity, even though you might not be running at 100%. So we appreciate people sticking with us. Actually, the last time you were with us was the Christmas special episode. Yeah. So that was that was a fun one. I was honestly... Yeah. I was a little worried to see if we might lose some people along the way with that one, because we went out...
1: the bad singing and the 12 Days of Christmas and all that kind of stuff?
0: Yeah, we kind of went out on a limb on that one, and apparently maybe it helped, because the episode after that was our biggest hit episode. But I think most of that is due to the fact that it was the bowl game. And I I did blogging uh, a while back, and I seem to notice that bowl season seems to attract a lot more attention from people. So I think that attributed to that one. But again, we'll mention that we actually hit 112 hits with that episode. So thank you again out to our listeners. But we're back. We're both here. We're ready to get rolling, and it's going to be great because honestly, part of the thing that I wanted to avoid with podcasting was doing pi- uh, podcast by myself. So I had to do that for the past two weeks, but I was comfortable with it since we'd been working together. Uh, so I wasn't worried about it, but that is not my ideal situation. I need, I need somebody to converse with. I can't sit there and banter for an hour by myself. So this is good. I
1: thought it'd be good, so not bad, dude.
0: I appreciate it. But uh well gosh, I mean it's late here into well not late, but we're already in mid January, so college football is not quite done. Uh we're actually here on Sunday night And so the uh, championship game is uh, Monday night, tomorrow night. So we're still technically in the college football season time frame. But we're going to keep bringing you guys episodes each and every week. And so this week we're actually going to review the bowl season for the Big Ten. That will give Craig an opportunity to give his insight insight to the Michigan game. So I'm excited to get that in. But we'll go ahead and uh, I'll give a little information here for the uh Big 10 to get people back on the same page there were 10 uh Big 10 games and we won the game against the MAC we lost against the ACC we beat the Independent and we went 2 and 1 against the Pac 12 and 1 and 3 against the SEC so uh with our predictions and everything the Big 10 wound up then going 5 and 5 and Craig you kind of beat me bad with seven correct predictions while well, I only got four But we're going to go chronological here. So uh, the new era pinstripe bowl with Duke versus Indiana. Did you catch any of this one?
1: I did a little bit. I just know it was, uh, well, it's typical Indiana. Kind of surprised by Duke, but this was all offense. Holy smokes. They were just scoring like crazy. I. I didn't think Indiana would have to win this game because I thought Duke had a better team, but I just it just looked like uh, who would score more points on this game, and pretty much that's what I called it. But I actually thought Duke just had a better team overall than Indiana. But Indiana, like we saw when they played against us, they have really good offense, no defense. So they pretty much did the same thing against us. So Duke just seemed to had a little bit more plays than they did. so.
0: Yeah, uh, looking at the uh, stats from this, the, we knew this was going to be an offensive power game. And uh, give Indiana credit, I mean, it was, it was a close game. And as we go through the list, we're going to see that where the Big Ten wasn't even able to keep up with the competition. But Indiana was able to keep up with Duke, but they just weren't able to finish it all out. Actually, from the stats, Duke kind of took their attack to the running game while Indiana attacked with the passing game. It was a good battle if you wanted to watch a lot of points scored, which wasn't the case in a lot of these bowl games. But I was predicting that actually Indiana was going to get this one. They kind of were a little bit of a letdown. Um, but that that's kind of the thing with Indiana. Like each year, they show up to play and I don't think they've really had a blowout loss anytime in the past few years. So they're they're a good team to watch. And I know that they're not football school, but I I think they did a, a decent job with trying to take Duke down because honestly, Duke was on a roll until that whole debacle when they lost to I believe it was Miami and there was that whole uh official meltdown. Uh so Duke is Duke is a decent team.
1: Yeah, the forward passes and backward passes and laterals and knee down and all that during that debacle but yeah i mean first of all you have to hand it to indiana they lost their number one running back in howard so he he got hurt and so redding came in did pretty dang good job i think he rushed for over 200 yards so looks like duke couldn't stop him but um uh, it seemed like duke always had an answer for whatever indiana threw at him duke had uh, that uh, 90s 96- yard kickoff return or whatever it was uh for a touchdown that would so yeah always seemed to be something going on in that game
0: yeah yeah so and i think uh indiana was actually down at the beginning so they fought back to uh, be able to make this game competitive but uh there was the loss to the acc in that game there and then the uh foster farms bowl was uh Nebraska then versus UCLA and actually both of us had no faith in uh Nebraska for this one just because they've been so up and down and kind of the questions looming around their uh the faith in their coach and things like that so uh they actually finished this game with uh 37 points and UCLA only had 29 so this has got to be a boost of confidence for the Nebraska fans it was surprising i mean Tommy Armstrong came out and actually performed better than expected. Uh, he made the UCLA quarterback Rosen look bad. Uh, he was he had a 74% QBR. And the rushing game was insane for Nebraska because Nebraska racked up 326 rushing yards. UCLA didn't even break 100. They were at 67 rushing yards for this game.
1: Yeah, that was surprising because we both picked UCLA to pretty much stomp on Nebraska.
0: Yeah. They haven't played well all year, but that uh,
1: I tell you, man. That uh, Stanley Morgan touchdown, one-handed catch in the end zone—that was crazy cool. But Armstrong played great. I haven't seen him play this good in a long, long time. He even he threw the ball well, and he ran, you know, pretty well too. I always thought when he runs with the ball and he tries to throw, he's a little bit off. He's not very accurate, but he he was pretty well. He did great in this game. I, I don't think UCLA had an answer for a, you know a, that mold that kind of a mobile quarterback. He kind of remind me of Russell Wilson in a way, kind of thick, big, kind of strong guy. So,
0: yeah, it was it was definitely surprising. Well, I mean, this game was in California, so we were anticipating, you know, easy easy trip for UCLA. Nebraska having the weak season they did, they did wind up being the only team during the regular season to beat Michigan State. Uh so I guess they had that notch in their belt. But yeah, they I mean, they showed up to play. Uh, UCLA worked on their passing game and racked up a ton of yards, but the Nebraska defense was able to get two interceptions, and so they they just took control and uh, held on with this game. So, I mean, I give it to them. Uh, good job with Nebraska. Uh, that actually then gives them a final record of 6 and 7, so not, not anything glorious, not anything that they had with their old coach but you know it could be on the right track so way better than we expected
1: yeah it's a good game for them to um go into the next season about you know they did make um ucla one one dimensional like you're talking about they couldn't rush couldn't run the ball with the darn uh ucla just pretty much went with the, the passing game so and don't they have that freshman uh quarterback those he's pretty good uh quarterback um rosen that cat? uh yeah
0: I th- yeah, I think he's the freshman one.
1: Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean it's something to build on for Nebraska. So. You know, yeah, we, we, we'll see.
0: And they need anything at this point because their season was just so up and down. They had that, those. I think it was two bad losses. I know they had that really bad loss against BYU. So. Uh, but yeah, they they need to have something to build upon. So that was a good win for them. Um yep. So that was one of the wins for the big 10 against the pack 12 and then it was minnesota versus cmu uh, minnesota finished 21 14 nothing flashy this was minnesota showing up as we expected uh their quarterback was solid as he was before he uh, uh mitch leidner he was a uh, 89.6 qbr i mean just really stands out compared to the CMU quarterback he finished with 34.8 QBR but it was definitely the passing game for Minnesota that got them through this um, because the rushing game was pretty close for the two teams but uh Minnesota as we saw when we played against them they when they get clicking with their passing game they can be pretty dangerous so uh that's where they won this one and it was the their new head coach, which I was actually surprised that they stuck with. Uh, I thought he might just be an interim, but they did stick with their new coach. I can't remember his name offhand. Maybe I have it here somewhere. Uh, Clay's Tracy Cl- Clay's, yeah, Clays. Uh, is how you say his name. Yeah. Um, uh, sometime we're gonna we are gonna go through all the coaching changes that happened, but we're not gonna go too in depth with it. Honestly, though, I was kind of surprised with all the big, big name coaches in the Big Ten now that they didn't try going somewhere bigger, but uh, they kind of played it safe, and it worked for them at least this season, uh, especially with the bowl game. They came across with the win. win. Um, it was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, we thought it would be a close game. I think we, um,
1: I saw uh, Central earlier in the year, and I thought they did, they played pretty well, wasn't it? They played against Michigan State earlier in the year?
0: Uh, I think so. I think it was this year. Yeah, they've, they've put together, they didn't yeah. have a really good record, um, I mean they were they did go seven and five. I think they were anticipated to be a little bit better, but they they were a competitive team this year.
1: Yeah, they played them pretty well. And in fact, uh, uh, Central's got a really good quarterback. He, you know, I think he did pretty well in this game. But Leidner was <clears throat> he only missed six passes in that game, so he did. Re- he was really efficient, like you said. I think he's over eighty percent um, efficiency on his throws. So, and he won that game. He did. He's like best of the season. I think he was pretty dead on and you know like you said he took it to Michigan pretty well when he's clicking he's pretty tough to beat and he's got some little bit of mobility kind of like Roduck does so
0: yeah yeah he uh it'd be kind of interesting to see what he would have been able to do on a different team um yeah. but he's yeah he's no joke I don't know do you ha- do you happen to know if he, is he coming back next year
1: I don't know that that no. would be I'd no, be scared that he did
0: yeah, I know that uh, Minnesota is losing a couple guys though. Uh, I remember names being mentioned when we were watching the game when Michigan played them, so they're losing a few pieces. But yeah, say uh, Leitner... you No, know, it seems like he's been at Minnesota quite a while.
1: Yeah. So I remember him at the big house. Well, a couple, what, two, three, or four years ago, and I remember him just running up the middle and burning us pretty significantly. We couldn't stop him, so.
0: Yeah, I think that was two – no, that would have been three years ago. Yeah, I think I – yeah, I think I was at that game, actually. I think it was homecoming. Yeah. So uh, he might be gone after this year, But a good win for Minnesota, uh, helping out the Big Ten record uh, for the bowl games. Uh, but Minnesota's a, a team that has been showing up. I mean, we've seen them stay competitive with TCU and other teams. I mean, against Michigan – uh, we saw that game. So a good win for Minnesota.
1: Yeah, it was good to see Jerry Kills there too. The, the coach, you know, had a lot of uh, physical, you know, uh, problems, you know, with health and stuff like that. But he was there after the game, kind of accepting the award, and I thought that was pretty cool. Of Minnesota to do so.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do remember seeing that. That was very cool. Minnesota just kind of seems like that smaller Big 10 school. I know they're not the smallest, but the smaller Big 10 school where it's just like I know everybody says it's family at their school, but you kind of look at them and it's just like you really feel like they're a family school where it's just like they they <coughs> care completely for the individual over anything else. So it's it's always cool to see that. Yeah. <coughs> we'll move then on to the Holiday Bowl where uh, Wisconsin matched up against USC. Uh, it was actually 8-5 USC versus 9-3 Wisconsin. And both of us were looking for USC to win this game, and Wisconsin actually came up with the unexpected win, 23-21. Uh, to 21. Joel Stave actually did really good this game, uh, 89.9 QBR uh the uh, wisconsin rushing game was on pretty well the passing games between the two teams was pretty even i this is uh, uh gosh it's been a while i'm kind of forgetting but they uh they finished us off with an inter- interception didn't they uh, yeah they were going down and then wisconsin ended the game because they intercepted usc yep okay yeah that's what i thought
1: yeah this game was all about The Badgers defense, man, they really put it to USC. They didn't let any of the special teams do anything. They didn't really let USC do much at all. And given the fact that, my goodness, you got the Badgers taking it to USC, who's what? Always top three in recruiting? Top five in recruiting? They got five star guys all over that field, and they just don't have any chemistry. I mean, me, when you got a team like that, They're almost like they're exactly similar to Alabama when it comes to talent. But if you don't harness it like Saban does, it just doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you're right with that Wisconsin defense. I mean, this is another instance where the Big Ten defense showed up because uh, USC only had 65 rushing yards in this game. So, I mean, Wisconsin and Nebraska kind of getting back to their roots here where they've got that uh, big man defense uh, You know shutting you down up front with their Defensive line and that's what they yeah. did in These games which is surprising enough So uh, Wisconsin Be able to a- actually finish the season like We were with a 10-3 and record A uh, little surprising I mean Wisconsin was a good team uh, They lost a close one to Iowa And I can't remember How the, uh, they lost to Alabama Was another yeah. one of their losses can't yep. remember uh, offhand who the third loss was. But, I mean, they, it was kind of surprising to see. I mean, they never really did anything flashy. They weren't actually even ranked for this game, uh, being at 9-3. and three, But they came in and uh, were able to handle USC, which, like you said, I mean, they've got quite a bit of talent there. So, good for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think Stave did pretty well, like you said. I think he was 18 for 27, did pretty well. Throwing he was pretty proficient. So... Um, I think he set the school record for the most wins in Wisconsin history, like 31 wins. Yeah. So that was pretty good. Um, he's a tough guy. I mean, I have to admit, he's kind of getting banged up all year, but um, he he hung around. So yeah. you know, he, he, I think he got hurt. Like, I think he got his nose busted up or something. He got cut or something, but um, came back out there and played well.
0: Yeah, that was kind of the thing with uh, Wisconsin and Nebraska is that, I mean, obviously Wisconsin looked better because their record uh, proved them a little bit more, but their their quarterback play was just up and down for both those teams. Um, but yeah. Wisconsin, I think with their coaching staff and with their the players that they had around them were just able to recover better, and that's why they had the record that they did. But... Um, Nebraska is still kind of feeling things out after they got their new coach and uh new system with them going on there so but uh another win there for the Big 10 against the Pac 12 then that'll actually take us to December 31st and we had the Goodyear Cotton Bowl with uh Michigan State lining up against alabama and i'm pretty sure that anyone listening to this podcast knows how this one went down because if you didn't then maybe your new year's resolution was to hibernate for about two weeks or something like that because
1: yeah, i love i loved your i know you went alone but you did a very very good job of breaking that game down dude i have to give i give props to you man
0: yeah it was i mean it
1: I wanted it would be with you so bad. <laughs>
0: yeah, it would it would have been a good one to get a conversation going immediately after the game. But this was not a good one for the Big 10 as MSU got completely dominated by Alabama with the final score of 38 to 0 and a lot of people kind of let them have it. Had conversations going on there after. It, it did it did not look good. Okay, see, here's Here's the thing, and this is going to be kind of a crossover with another game. I honestly feel part of it, not putting all the blame on this, and I'm, I'm actually not essentially handing them an, an excuse, but I think people need to realize the Really tough battle that Michigan State and Iowa played in the Big Ten game. I mean they they went all out. I I kind of anticipated that Iowa wasn't going to do very well in the Rose Bowl. I didn't anticipate what happened to happen, but I knew it was going to be tough for them because they I think they played game to game, and it was just like this game is the championship game. Next week is the champion. You know they they were going for winning every game, and that's how they played against Michigan State. So. They put it all out on the field, and Michigan State essentially did the same thing, too. And so I think Michigan State was kind of banged up. Uh, Not saying that that gives them the excuse for not scoring at all in this game, but uh, people say, and I agree with them, I don't think Connor Cook was 100%. um, But it was a tough game to watch. first half, you thought it was going to be competitive and everything, because I believe it ended uh, 10-0 at halftime. Uh, but then the second half, it just blew wide open. Yeah,
1: it was a defensive game in the first half, but or first quarter. But, you know, I think I was texting you during that game, and I said uh, uh, Coker's going to have to start throwing that ball, a long ball, one down the field that whole game because they are a little 5-yard, 10 yards. because uh, Michigan State's defense was actually doing a very good job of uh, containing um, uh, the rushing uh, and the passing in. And then, of course, uh, Coke, uh, Coker just threw that long pass, and it was a good pass. And yeah. I think that blew everything open. That's when Henry, you know Henry ran it in. But uh, after that, it just seems like things kind of fell apart. Yeah, well, and it, things fell apart when Cook threw that interception right before the half. So it kind of just wow.
0: Yeah, that, that that kind of sealed it right there. But th- that long pass. Definitely, kind of blew things open because I think it kind of got in the mind of some of the Michigan State defensive players where it's just like, I mean, yeah, you always do have that, uh, you know, to worry about. You you have to think about the deep pass and everything, but that that solidified it right there. It's just like, okay, this this really happened. So now that it seemed like they weren't so much playing the field in front of them, and they kind of focused on the field behind them. And so then the middle of the field was open. The running game opened up for Alabama more. It slowly began to crumble there. And that's what everybody was saying that Alabama does. Alabama is not going to go out there and face against the best teams in the the country and just start beating them right at the beginning. They slowly just beat you down and make it look – they make it look dominant – and they might blow blow you out in that, but it's not gonna be from the start where they're just destroying you. It's it's a slow process with them.
1: Yeah, that front four, brutal. Yeah. I mean it looks like Cook was just getting sacked every like third play or something like that. Man, they were just unbelievable. And then they just made Michigan State look one dimensional. They said, Well, this Cook guy is gonna have to win this game for us because what are they what 1.1 yards per carry that's all they could run 28 yards of carry. that's all they had the whole game yeah it just says look this this cook guy is gonna have to win this game for us and i think alabama's uh secondary was a little suspect but not enough that they were just gonna lose this game i mean there was just way too many things and coker i just knew he when he had got his rhythm with that last pass that he was like oh i can pass down the field man i think in am pa- Pass on the secondary, and then you just saw what the pass to Ridley, the open, way open pass to him. And man, it was this is a tape I think that need to be burned
0: by yeah. Michigan State. Yeah, this is so. some that they need to look at. It's, uh, I saw it was kind of interesting and everything, and I don't necessarily feel this way, but somebody brought up, I think it was on uh, some kind of national show, national broadcast or something, where they said, talked about how long Michigan state had been running the disrespect card. Uh, well, like, as we say, the disrespect train, which apparently doesn't run in the postseason. but um, the uh, disrespect card and they were saying, is it really Michigan state being disrespected or is it people just really having a realistic view of Michigan state? Because this was their opportunity and they showed nothing. I mean, no. Michigan State's been looking at that top level for several years now, and they are a good team. I mean, we gave them credit, they won the big 10 they've they've been teams when they, it was unexpected, uh sometimes they beat teams when it was expected, you know, so I mean it, it, every team kind of gets things like that, but they've they've been playing at a high level for a while, but this was their opportunity to show that kind of they belonged and everything, and they showed nothing.
1: No, they, um, well, Cook, I was hoping, you know, we're talking about, well, he was the number one NFL prospect coming out of the college football, so he showed really nothing. Um, I actually thought that the whole Iowa game was more of their national championship game than this game. And then the other thing I thought was a little bit interesting is, and that's my point of view, but... I thought Michigan State, because that disrespect train they seem to ride all the time, and even when they came out of the tunnel, I heard one of the commentators for this game say, start talking about that, talking about how Michigan State thrives on that. And I went, wow, they even got the commentators even talking about that. And it seemed to me that Michigan State walked into this game thinking that they were going to win already. Like, they were very cocky in a way, very... I know they're playing Alabama, but they felt cocky, even by Coach D'Antonio, when the the reporter asked him a few questions before the game, and he just kind of nonchalantly shrugged her off and just went about his business. He went couldn't he didn't have time to even answer questions, but Saban did. I mean, I don't like either coach, but you know, Coach D just seemed like he was very smug, you know, and and I think I think that just caught up to him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh well, actually uh I'm going to go through some stats here and before we get off of this game, I'm actually going going to go into Twitter time because uh the only few Twitter conversations we have were about this game. Uh but some of the stats with this game um Emma, uh, first downs, MSU had 16, Bama had 21. Uh nothing Uh, crazy there but then the big number difference like we had mentioned is MSU only having 28 or 29 rushing yards. Uh, Bama had over 150. Uh, The passing game was pretty close. MSU had 210. Bama had uh, 286 Uh, but then I mean you add those up and total yards you know Alabama had 440 while MSU only chalked up 239 total yards. So uh, the kind of interesting thing was that the offensive plays and time of possession were almost like spot on for each team. Uh, I mean, MSU had 65 plays, Alabama had 66 and the time of possession was only off by like maybe 4 minutes. Uh so that was a little interesting uh but part of that thing was uh to Alabama was able to go down the field so fast a couple of those drives. But yeah, uh, I think
1: Coker didn't have any he didn't have not one turnover. I mean, there was no turnovers in really in this game for Alabama. I don't believe. So, I think that that was a huge that's that's huge.
0: Yeah, so actually to include with this conversation going into Twitter time. Right before this game started, I sent out a little tweet of uh just saying 42 to 14 with a little uh prayer icon there because uh actually actually i think it was 41 to 14 but when michigan played alabama several years ago that's what happened to us so i was kind of i was kind of you know hoping that they get served something similar to what we did had no idea it was going to turn out the way that it did but actually uh go blue number five uh at game time four three six uh jumped in and thought that was going to be a 28 to 21 michigan state victory and I said that I was just praying over here for the game a little bit, laughing about it. But then uh, Game Time chimed back in and was saying just as much as he doesn't like it, but they win big games. And I brought up the same thing, and we mentioned this before, uh, that it's very true that they do win the big games. But they they win a lot of those close games those come from behind victories and you can only do that so long and eventually i believe that catches up to you and this is stuff i'm saying before the game even started and we were uh we had a conversation before where i had said that i felt like they were a team of people were thinking of them at michigan say as a team of destiny kind of like they did with auburn that one year where they just always kept on winning they just couldn't be stopped i mean in the dire moments you know they had the uh kick six and all that stuff and everything so it just seemed like a a team of destiny and so it did wind up catching up to state but then uh we commented a little bit about how alabama needed to pass over 10 yards if anything was going to happen and then they were able to blow the game wide open uh this was kind of a larger conversation that was going on though because i mentioned after the game that that type of loss had happened to michigan I was saying that I would have anticipated that D'Antonio would have come out and said that they would have needed to have a moment of silence for Michigan football.
1: Like you did before, right?
0: Yeah, like you did with App State. So it's just like, I mean, if if Michigan State fans weren't expecting crap to come up, I mean, come on. You guys have been throwing crap out there for more than eight years, but for a long time. So, yeah, it was going to be talked about. Yeah. Um, uh, i mean a- anybody was going to talk about it a michigan fan any- anybody i mean that there is well, nothing it's very, really good.
1: it's very quiet when you're getting you know, pummeled like that, so they they talk a good talk when things are going their way, but when something like this happens, but i mean, I was like ready to say hey you're your number one guys that seem to go in the first it fe- seem to go in the first round in and fir- drive time in the n f l like connor cook but where's Shelly Calhoun in this game? I mean, he was nowhere to be seen in this game. In fact, he got face-planted by Henry, who literally face-palmed him to get that touchdown. Yeah. I mean, it was, I just went, wow. I know I found a picture of it. It was pretty funny. So, Yeah, hashtag but, uh,
0: manhandled.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so it was just bad all around. Even special teams for Alabama did well with that, um, what, 57-yard punt return. So that was really great. So that was a backbreaker, too.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was kind of forgetting about that. But uh, a little picture that I wanted to paint with the how Spartan fans were on social media. I, I did a little dig around. I did not go out directly and pick any fights with anybody. I, I, I said a few Neither. things out there. But um, I, I wanted to see what happened, and it was really funny because you'd see talk, and you could tell the time frame because it was in the first quarter, then the first half, then nothing after halftime, <laughs> absolutely nothing. Put a little picture to paint there for uh, the social media for the state fans. As if millions of voices suddenly cried out and were suddenly silenced. I fear something terrible has happened. <laughs> nice. So, so just like dead silence. Just all, all the shouting voices of Michigan State fans were silenced at, in a moment. I mean, I mean,
1: how, how cool was it to go, hey. You know what? Yeah, you got to the playoff. That's great. That's what I heard on Twitter. I heard a lot of, well, at least we made it to the playoffs. I I heard a lot of that. Yeah. And I'm, okay, true. That's good. And then I went, "Wow, you guys don't score a point. You did nothing." And then Michigan rolls. So, it yeah. was I know we'll get into that, but uh, I I went, Wow, this is very, very cool.
0: Well, it's it's kind of simple to look at, and obviously the competition is different. But, I mean, you look at it, and I got in this conversation a little bit. I don't know if it's going to come up here because I have a little bit more Twitter. um, But, you know, what's better, to finish the season on a win or to finish on a loss, you know? very simple and what looks better let's say that and that's what i brought up and i was just like and i said well it looks better for michigan and then state fans ran over and were cramming things down my throat and saying you're saying michigan's better than michigan State?" and i said no i'm saying we look better right now yeah so anyways we'll we'll talk more about the michigan game coming up but um Going back to kind of when I said that thing about D'Antonio having a moment of silence, I put that on Twitter, and then actually a consistent listener here, John Newman at jnewman1081131 chimed in that that loss pretty much did happen to us back in 2011 at Jerry Land, uh, but that was actually the beginning of the 2012 season. But I brought up, too, that we at least scored points. I mean, it was a 41-14 to loss. Michigan was not that good that year. And that was still against the championship, Alabama team. The Alabama went on to win the championship that year. So it's just, I mean, I know completely different teams, different scenarios, but it's just like there was some production. Yeah. So
1: that's when we Denard Robinson as our quarterback, and that was a, that was played in um, the first game of the year, played at uh, in uh, Dallas, right?
0: Yeah. The same the same stadium.
1: Yeah, we got rolled in that game, but yeah, I mean, what you have to remember is we. I think we were still suspect about that uh, spread offense, oh. that spread kind of offense that Michigan's trying to try to work out, and it just didn't work out. So I'm always kind of going, uh, "All right, well." But I think we, I, I really believe Michigan. If we would have played Alabama in the in the playoffs, I think we would have done very well against them.
0: I'll agree with you on that. I think our performance would have been well. Definitely not saying yeah. we would beat them, but I think it would have been more of a game. And by by saying that, like again, I said, I mean, you know, there are some things that were suspect with Michigan State. Like I honestly believe Connor Cook was not hundred percent. We had a quarterback that looked like he was at hundred percent with our game, and so outcome looks like it would have been a little bit different. But then also, I mean, you saw since you're with me on Facebook, you saw some conversations that were on there with some lovely Michigan State fans. But uh, one last thing that I'll mention, actually had. Over 57 retweets and over 80 likes on mentioning that I put hashtag Michigan State, University of Louisiana at Monroe was the only other team with zero points against Alabama. Middle Tennessee scored 10 and Charleston Southern scored six. And people ate that up. And of (laughs) of course, it's going to attract some uh, state fans. And then somebody chimed in that awkward moment when Michigan State beat University of Michigan. And I was like, very true, uh, but not so awkward because U of M lost on one play in that game and state lost on, I said, 200 plays. Okay, it wasn't that many, but there was probably almost. Can anyone call out a play in that game that was good for Michigan State? I mean, can you think of a play that was good for Michigan? Exactly. So you lost on pretty much every single play. This guy didn't give up, though, and I'll just leave him anonymous. But he said, but Michigan lost to State, so you can't say anything. And I said, well, I'm pretty sure I just did, so have a nice day. And the guy the guy kept going. You actually jumped in uh, to join the fun on this one, <laughs> saying, yeah. saying how you, yeah, I... he knows that uh, it's over for Michigan State. You know, let him relish in the last moments. And then actually, uh, another listener of ours, uh, Logan Rowan at Logro98, he said, he pulled a quote, another Star Wars quote, actually, which is funny enough, it's over Anakin, I have the high ground, looking forward to the future, you know, things things are looking uh, a little different there for Michigan State, and then I mentioned the D'Antonio thing to him on how we would have anticipated he would have reacted to that, but then the state fan comes back and says, but state still beat you guys. And he put a bunch of those crying, smiley face or laughing faces, uh, which, okay, that doesn't get to me, but yeah. fine. Uh But then I mentioned that this was state's year, you know, this was state's year to come was, out, to make a yes. statement, to have probably one of their best chances. And I'd probably say the next three years, like out of, well, four years, like including this year, The next four years, like this year and the next three years, this was probably going to be anticipated, you know, foresight, their best year to do anything. And it went down the drain with a big, fat zero. And then he said, we made it to the playoff. You guys didn't. They beat you. You guys lost. More (laughs) laughing, crying faces. Hilarious. And then you said, keep telling yourself that you belong there watch and I can also use the emojis of the laughing crying face this guy like he just would not quit and he's just like at the end of the day state beat Michigan all I said I was just like you know at the end of the day finishing with a win looks a heck of a lot better than a loss and I didn't even mention you know being able to score points or not so and I think it kind of Finish it up at the very end when you just kind of capped it off with, you know, at the end of the day, state fans still act like the botch punt was their plan. So.
1: Yeah, they do. They actually believe that they, uh, coached Antonio, goes, okay, like he grabbed his little, um, uh, dry race board went okay. So, what we're gonna do is we're gonna rush the punter because he's gonna b- botch it, and then we're gonna run. You're gonna grab it, and it's gonna he, he'll try it again. It's gonna fly off in your arms. You're gonna run. So, I need you to block this guy out, this guy out, and then we'll run it in for the touchdown. That's how state fans act. It, yeah. It's amazing. And how about just say this that's the most flukiest play that happened. We got so lucky to win that
0: game. Yeah. That's how it happened. Uh, and, uh, and, I mean, they and really, they. Yeah. And they worked for like they worked for it. They plan they plan to do their best with that. And then there's gonna be all arguments back and forth and everything because of how they actually uh, hit the long snapper and things like that. So it's just like there's questions all around it. And basically, you know, to say they got fortunate with that, I mean, that's basically all that anybody's looking for. It's yeah. not. And so in the end, yeah, they won the game. But then uh, it just kind of makes me shake my head with the whole. Exp- experience with that because they're all lingering and holding on to that and there was some other twitter conversation out there too uh so much i'm not gonna bother including but never ending i mean obviously with a tweet like that that i sent i was anticipating some of that but i thought i'd share some of the highlights with our listeners yeah
1: well i like joining in
0: yeah it's fine. Well, one, and that's another thing too that I find this almost ridiculous. One of the guys, um, I won't quote it here, I don't know where it's at, but somebody got on there. It's just like, oh, well, it's just nice to see that Michigan is actually paying attention to Michigan State. It's just like, well, you guys are one of our rivals. Chances are we are going to talk about you from time to time. I said, now realize though that you are one of our many rivalries. While we are your only rivalry, I don't care what people say about Ohio. I know that Michigan State and Ohio have been going back and forth recently, but that's not a rivalry. Michigan versus Ohio is a rivalry. Michigan versus Notre Dame is a rivalry. Uh, Michigan versus Michigan State is a rivalry. And also Michigan versus Minnesota is a rivalry. So, you know, we have a lot of other rivalry games to talk about. So, yeah, we're not going to talk about you guys a whole lot. And, we do play you guys it's going to come up in conversation don't get too excited so yeah yeah
1: well they're they're holding on as long as they can for this year and what they could do cuz they know they have a lot of guys going to the draft i mean they're going to have a new quarterback they're going to have all new they're going to have receivers they're going to have a um, obviously they'll have the running backs, but Cal- Calhoun's gone. They're going to have, they just had a couple guys sort of leaving again, you know, that they didn't expect. It's just going to be a rebuilding year. And, but the problem is, is I think Michigan state fans feel it in their gut. Like the force. A Star- it's awakening. We're going to do the force. They feel that force. That is Jim Harbaugh and what he's building that they're like, Oh crap, here it comes. They know it. They see it. I think they know that. I I, I just, I know, we see it. Yeah. I know.
0: Well, it's almost like they're trying to find our approval, or I don't know exactly what to call it, because it's, and I'll say this again, I don't use the term little brother, but there are so many similarities between Michigan State fans or the program and a little brother, because like i said i know personally some of the things from being a younger brother and it's just like you always look to Mm -hmm. want your older brother to respect you or think you're cool or you know maybe be better than your uh older brother and this is just kind of one of those things where it's just like you guys are talking about us that makes us important that means that we're better than you you guys are talking about us and that is awesome because that proves bad it's like yeah Dude, it doesn't prove anything. We play you guys in sports, and we're doing a podcast about Michigan and Big Ten teams. It's gonna come up. So yeah, I
1: had a dinner. You know, I'll bring this up real quick. Is I had a dinner with this guy a couple days ago. He made it. He, he said something, and I and I I didn't really didn't look at it that way. And he said, "Wow, you know, since state." Michigan State, obviously, they're very good at basketball. We know that. I have a lot of respect for the basketball program. But uh, they said the football program's been winning. He said, Man, is it me? He goes, "I, I just feel that state fans are coming out of the woodwork that they weren't there before, that they weren't really diehard state fans. They're just kind of your average somewhat fans or whatever. And they're just like wearing clothes all over the place. And I went, you know, I think you're right. I'm seeing all over the place like this uproar of people going, well, I got to get my state clothes because they're winning. You know, and I'm going, well, Michigan never did that. We were losing. and We were still wearing our stuff. I didn't go on wearing my stuff. I always wore it.
0: Yeah. After Michigan lost. We'll lose games. I'd still wear their stuff probably the next day because it's just yeah. like, I I mean, I, got, I go out of my way to prove that, you know, I don't care if they lost. I mean, I do care, but it's not going to shake my faith in the team or anything. I hate it when people do that. Right. But, so, okay. All right. Quite yes. Long, long conversation about that one because there was a lot of information more around that one because there was actually a Twitter conversation. Moving on, moving on, moving on. So that was a loss to the SEC for the Big Ten. Now, another SEC matchup for the Big Ten was Northwestern versus Tennessee. Oh, boy. This is another bad one. I mean, just looking really poor for the Big Ten as Tennessee puts up 45 points against Northwestern's six. Disgusting. And Northwestern's quarterback... QBR ratings are basically negative In this I mean yeah they are positive But they're basically nothing Um, Tennessee Used their rushing game primarily I mean they they, Passing game was pretty even between the two teams Not much of a difference but Tennessee was able to rush They just They just really tore up Northwestern Tennessee pulled four Interceptions out of this game Northwestern got nothing going I thought Northwestern that this was kind of their year That Fitzgerald was going to be able to have a highlight season, uh, finish like eleven and two. But now they finished ten and three because it was another loss on their record. It was obviously since this was mostly during the Michigan game, I didn't see much, but it was it was bad.
1: Yeah, it was uh, very reversed of the running game. It seems like a tale of two tapes here, where you had Northwestern couldn't run well. Had Justin Jackson what? A- Leads the nation in uh, touches, what, 200, almost 300 yards, or 300 touches, and man, he couldn't do anything. And then you get um, what Jalen heard from Tennessee, who ran the ball. He had 130 yards for 24 carries, so just rolled over Northwestern. They couldn't stop him, and man, it was. Northwestern had like, what, four yards, average yards per pass? I mean, they didn't even pass the ball well so yeah he couldn't even pass the ball for over five yards in this game
0: yeah it was there was nothing working very well with this i mean kind of as you saw it you know i mean northwestern had a lot more with their defense throughout part of the year and they they did beat the crap out of their running game i mean they yeah use that so much so i don't know if it just accumulated that they ran out of gas or what but this did not chalk up to anything very good i mean People anticipated Tennessee to take down Northwestern pretty well. I mean they were a seven and a half point favorite but and it was a lot more than that,
1: yeah, it was bad all around the defense well the the key is this: Northwestern's had what one of the best defenses you know, top- what top two or three in the country for a lot of the year, and their defense
0: did nothing this game, so it's pretty pretty surprising, yeah. Yep, it did not last. So that was another loss against an SEC opponent for the Big Ten. Uh, then the game against the Independent as Ohio f- took on Notre Dame. Ohio f- put up 44 points while Notre Dame put up 28. Uh, this wasn't so much a game uh, at the beginning. Ohio f- jumped up to a quick lead, but then as things slowly kind of went on, Notre Dame lingered. They were hanging around, but then in the end, Ohio f- put it away. Uh, but JT Barrett, not putting up a very good performance. Uh, actually, the Notre Dame quarterback, uh, Kaiser, I think is how you pronounce his last name. He had a yeah. 59.3 QBR, and that was better than Barrett's. So, but Ohio did their thing where they ran heavy, and they were able to win the game that way. It was 285 rushing yards to 121. Yeah,
1: and even they rolled over me even when they missed their best... Uh... Uh, defensive lineman in Bosa because he got ejected for targeting yeah so and well join the club man we know what that's like and was it a targeting I, I don't know about that but it was I mean their offense was clicking I mean they ran the ball well I don't think Barrett is necessarily the best passer but dang it man it's the the threat of him running it's oh, yeah. really Causes so much issues, and then what? Elliott had four touchdowns, so it it should, it was a matter of time before. You know, I think Notre Dame did a pretty good job because I don't think they had their a uh, first string quarterback, or they even. I think they're down to their second or third quarterback. Yeah. So, and they did pretty well to keep up. And then, like you said, I think the third and fourth quarter just wore them out, and they just couldn't keep up with the score. And
0: yeah, they, just... they Notre Dame was a banged up team. I mean, people talk about injuries all year, uh, you know. Hopefully this team doesn't get hit with the injury bug, yada, yada, yada. Notre Dame was a team I feel like each and every week they were talking about injuries with. So, I mean, they just uh, – I give them credit uh, with where they were able to land. I mean, they were number eight in the final poll going into the bowl games and everything. So they did a heck of a job with their injuries. But this, I mean, oh, Ohio s- played like everybody thought Ohio s- was going to play. Uh, this entire year, but the, I would say they maybe played like this, maybe one or two other games. Yeah. So this almost
1: showing w- that they should be where State
0: is. Yeah. Yeah. You I, know, I think again going now we're going to
1: beat Notre Dame. We're going to beat them pretty well, just to show everybody that State is the the chumps and we should be where they're at.
0: Well yeah, that's the th- that's one of the things is because you actually got this game correct. Uh Ohio was favored by six and a half, um, and you still suck with them and they you got this prediction right. I actually thought that Notre Dame was gonna keep it close, not saying that they were gonna win, because I thought that Ohio State was kinda gonna go, you know, soft because it wasn't the playoffs, and they think they should be in the playoffs every year, which actually, between last year and this year, you know, they kind of have the right to think that a little bit because they had the team, but they didn't play like it this year. But they had the talent, and they probably should have been there, but they weren't. So, yeah. but that was that one, and, uh, the win against the Independent, and then we have another matchup against the Pac-12. Another just, man, some of these were really unexpected for wins, but some of these losses just. And, and this is kind of going back Stanford versus Iowa, uh, the Rose Bowl. Stanford put up 45. Iowa was eventually able to put up 16 points, but this was all Stanford. I mentioned before, you know, I really honestly believe that Iowa and Michigan State beat themselves up really bad in the Big Ten title game. And so they both were worn down for their bowl games. And Iowa just got manhandled in this game. And of course, I mean they lost a player, uh, their running back in the Big Ten game. Yes. So that yes. that hurt them. Uh I yeah, I mean, we both picked Stanford in this one. We were both right. I was kind of hoping and praying that Iowa might be able to pull something together, but it just yeah, they they didn't come through. I mean Stanford was on all cylinders for this game. They went out and the opening – it was the opening kickoff or was it the first play of the game?
1: Yeah, first play.
0: Yeah, Yeah. uh, that was a touchdown and just – it was like done, could have finished it right there, would have been over. But, yeah, it was uh, another terrible performance on the rushing side for a Big Ten team as Stanford put up 206 rushing yards and Iowa only put up 48 Granted, like we said, Iowa did lose their running back in the Big Ten title game, so it's what you kind of anticipate. But passing games were kind of similar, but, I mean, score shows it. Sanford had this game, and at no point was there any doubt because I think Sanford had over 20 points in the first quarter.
1: Yeah, and you're right, and the very fact is I think Iowa had 1.3 yards per carry, so they couldn't get anything on the ground and then... Stanford had over six yards per carry, so they were just killing them. And the very fact, the whole game, I watched this game, and I just said, my gosh, there's one guy on that field that was proving, dang it, I should have won the Heisman Trophy and not Henry, and that was McCaffrey. That guy was absolutely, as much as I wanted Iowa to win, I was like, my goodness, this guy cannot be... You can't tackle him. You, he has so many good moves. I've never seen a guy smooth running than all my life than that guy. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, and special teams, he just destroyed Iowa.
0: Yeah, um, destroyed him. Yeah, it was. He was lighting it up. It was ridiculous. I actually, uh, this was after the Michigan game. So after the Michigan game, I went out and got dinner. And yeah. came back, and I looked at my phone and saw the updates and everything, and I was going to turn on the Rose Bowl, but it was such an ugly score already. I was just like, I don't feel like watching a Big Ten team get destroyed. But then I started seeing all the stuff that McCaffrey was doing, and I said, wow, maybe I should watch it. Then I thought, eh, no, he's probably done, because how good of a performance can somebody have like this? And then he just kept going and going and going and going. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, he... Almost single handedly beat Iowa himself. That's how crazy it was. Yeah. I, I mean, I, the defense was bad. I mean, the, the offense, I mean, you're right. They couldn't, I think they only had, what, 290 yards the whole game, average? I mean,
0: yeah, I think so. Tot- yeah, it's going to be yeah. right around there. See, the thing that people were hoping for is that Iowa's defense was going to be able to step up against Stanford, but that was blown wide open right there at the beginning of the game. And that just uh that was not something fun to watch i sent a message to my cousin before the game the one who joined us earlier and was just like you know go iowa hoping for a win and it was right before the game so i wasn't expecting him to say anything and i've not heard anything back i have not wanted to like send anything else back because it's just like after after one of those it's just man it's disheartening man you know it sucks so. Well, Beathard
1: was on his back the whole time, and he had like seven sacks, a bunch of hits. He couldn't even – he had no time to throw. I mean, it was just – Stanford's defensive line just was literally just crushing him the whole game. So it was; it got ugly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so there was that game and actually trying to keep things moving along here. Um, the last game, the TaxSlayer Bowl – was Georgia versus Penn State, and this was actually more competitive than anticipated at least by me uh with the final score of georgia twenty four Penn state seventeen so another win for the s e c and it was actually really kind of an ugly game to look at because i mean looking even just looking at the numbers, I was thinking about turning it on uh there was a lot going. I did not watch as many bowl games as I was hoping. But uh, it was really low scoring in the first half. Then in the second, it jumped up there and looked like Georgia was in complete control. Then Penn State fought their way back, but it still ended poorly for them. Georgia was able to get an interception. Penn State didn't get anything. But the interesting thing I want to point out is something to contribute to how ugly this game was, is looking at the QBR because Christian Hackenberg had the better QBR at 37.4 in this game.
1: Yeah, he got, uh, I think he hurt his shoulder halfway through the game, so they had to put the uh, second stringer in. So,
0: um, yeah, so, it's so it's just, yeah, it's yeah. just like if if you see that for a QBR, it's just, and that's the better QBR, just, I don't, oh, awful. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a boring, it was a very boring game. I think Penn State was overall did pretty well offensively, did it all right, and they did really good defensively to hold Georgia just to that many points. I mean, they did really, really well. So um, I just – I don't know if Hackenberg, if he would have been in the whole game, he would have won the game for him. I don't know. So I haven't been a Hackenberg fan all year. I think he's still overrated. So
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. So – Uh, Well, that will wrap up all the other Big Ten games. And I did my review of the Michigan game last week, but we're actually going to do a little recap here at the end of this episode to include Craig's thoughts with the game. And I might throw a few other interesting things that I may have not mentioned last time. But uh, the Buffalo Wild Wings Citrus Bowl, as uh, everybody ought to know by now, Michigan 41, Florida 7, Great victory for Michigan. Great way to finish out the season. Um, actually, Harbaugh was saying that if uh, they were able to come away with a win here, that it was going to be the best season of Michigan football for him, uh, in his opinion. And uh, his team did not let him down. And I actually, you know, since I said everything last time, the only thing that I do want to make sure to mention, because I failed to last time, was that Rudock with this game passed three thousand yards. And he is the only second Michigan quarterback to do that. So Behind. I can Navarre. Yeah.
1: Navarre.
0: Good job. Because yeah. I did not remember. I, I realized <laughs> I realized right after I recorded that episode that I had left that out and I don't have the information anymore, so I just wanted to make sure that I mentioned it. But he was the MVP for the game. Uh did a heck of a job. And Craig, go ahead and take it away with your thoughts.
1: Well, wow, i really impressed. You know, let's go by quarter by quarter, so let's go first quarter. Pretty interesting game. Uh, I think we were moving the ball pretty well. I think the, the very thing that I saw was it shocked me right in the beginning was Devion Smith and his running. I went, this doesn't look like the same guy. It does not look like the same guy uh, from – i'd say most of the season the guy he had vision in fact i saw him stutter step a couple times to find wait for the holes to open and i went where has this guy been i mean i literally went it looked like a totally different running back he looked like he looked healthy he looked like he had vision he looked like um he looked like he's gonna run like 300 yards in this game i mean he was doing so well and i went "Uh uh-oh this game could get ugly as soon as it, and, and it happened the whole game, and I went, "Wow, this is going to be really good." Now, the very fact is that first quarter, I was a little worried because um, Trayon Harris was a mobile quarterback, and it showed. And they could not stop him. I mean, he was fast, elusive, but couldn't throw very well. It wasn't He wasn't very accurate at all. And that little flip pass for a touchdown was just like, "Oh my word!" Yeah. Yeah, to tie it 7-7, seven, seven. so I was like, okay, here we go. It's going to be an interesting game. And then it just got ugly. I mean, the whole game was just ugly. I mean, it didn't seem like Florida had the same intensity they had in the SEC championship game. They just didn't – they had no offense after that. They it, it just did not. I mean, and Rodak, what, 20 for 31 278 yards, three scores, and – Overall, Michigan did an incredible job. I, I was just so impressed. Uh, time of possession was um, Michigan 36 what minutes to Florida's 21. So that tells you right there. Total yards, they had over 500 yards. They had 273. So that tells you right there. Yeah. I mean, Harbaugh great. He prepared them, he had them prepared for this game, and he trounced uh, Florida. It reminded me of the. Florida game where we played, um, what, who was it, Henny, or who was it? Yeah, that, it was uh, Hen- we Henny versus up Tebow. Tim Tebow.
0: Yeah, Henny and T- Tim Yeah, we also had, yeah. had uh, Michael Hart for that game.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, Ar- Arrington is our receiver, and he did really put up some big numbers, so it kind of reminded me of that a little bit, where Chesson also has that same kind of lanky, fast ability that Arrington had, So and Chesson put up great numbers, so he's going to be really good. Wow, next year. Yeah. So I can't wait. But what a great performance. Uh, this game was over in the second quarter, pretty much, and we rolled and um great job for Jim Hollow getting prepared. So Yeah. That's I, all I've got.
0: Well I think it was what, seventeen seven at halftime, right? I believe. Yeah. So yep. Yeah, I mean it was it was still a game in the third quarter, but that's well that that was kind of the interesting thing too because the third quarter is where Michigan has not performed well during the season. We've mentioned that before. The third quarter is where they drop off. You know, and some and that can be some of the most important things where it's just like coaches will say the first 2 minutes after halftime is the most important 2 minutes of the game because that sets the tone for the rest of the game. And uh, Michigan's yeah. been fortunate to be able to win when they haven't had the best third quarters, but this was definitely one of their better third quarters. And that was great to see. And I'll, I'll bring up, I know I mentioned the last time, but when you were talking about Smith um, and Drake Johnson did a good job too.
1: Oh, he did really good. Yep.
0: But uh, yep. that was one thing talking about just the running game was so different because it was like, kind of like the running game, but even better than we saw at the beginning of the year for Michigan because We were just running the ball at the beginning, but I don't know, and I'll be interested to see if you have one way you specifically think with this. But I don't know if it was the running backs' vision or the offensive offensive line blocking better that was the bigger bigger contributing factor, or maybe just both of them were just hitting perfectly because that was that was outstanding. Seeing I. I, Also, like you mentioning about how you saw Smith do starter steps and actually have specific path with where he was running, because early in the year, he just knew that he was bigger and stronger than some of the guys he go up against. And so he tried to plow him over this game. He was deliberate with where he was going, and that would have been big if he could have done that all year.
1: Yeah, he looked like he was, and it's the P word, patient. I mean, he looked patient. Like he was like going, well, I'm going to wait for a hole to to open up, and then I'm going to run through it. And I went, wow, usually he doesn't do that. Usually as soon as he gets the ball, he just pile drives everybody like you're saying. And that was crazy to see. So that was the key of the game, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, because that opened up the, uh, that kept the defense honest because then uh, we were able to have time. Uh, to pass the ball, which that was my biggest worry was actually uh the defensive line for Florida being able to sack Rudock, which actually they never did. We did a really good job against the s e c s best uh well one of the best, if not the best defensive lines because they racked up a ton of sacks, and you know we held strong, and part of that was because of the running game you know if we didn't have yeah. a running game, they would just piled everybody on the line and been going after Jake the whole time. But, yeah, great.
1: And you mentioned Hargraves didn't have a great game at all. I don't think he even, even – I mean, we're talking about the best corner in the country right yeah. there. He's going to be drafted number one in the con- – he'll, he'll go number one. there will probably be top 15, top 10 uh, drafted guy in the country. But um, it, it just seemed like he was uninspired. Like he wanted to not even be there. <laughs> Like he's ready for the draft.
0: Well, that's the thing that kind of confuses me uh, because, you know, you expect players to want to have a better performance to be able to get higher draft stock, but not even that. It's just kind of like, okay, if Florida had beaten Alabama somehow uh, in the SEC championship game, they almost guaranteed would not have been in the playoffs. Florida wouldn't have bounced up into the playoffs. So it's just kind of like, were you guys expecting to be somewhere better or what? I don't know. Um, but kind of going back, uh, we'll kind of start wrapping things up with this. But going back to kind of what was said before about, you know, it looks better to finish off the season with a win than with a loss. I mean, looking at looking at the games, and actually I'm pretty sure that I have this uh, in my memory correct, is that, you know, Florida played Alabama in the SEC championship game and they lost, I think it was like 29 to 15. And so that happens. And then next up, Alabama plays Michigan State and beats them 38 to 0. Then Michigan plays Florida and beats them 41 to 7. So we put up more points. And held Florida to less points than Alabama did. And then Alabama plays Michigan State and completely destroys them, beats them by 38 points, doesn't let them score a single time. Tell me what looks better. That's all I was saying. It's just like, look at it, what looks better. And I'm not saying that we are better. I mean, looking at that, you probably could say that. But it's just like, that's why I was simply coming out saying, what looks better? To, I mean, I, it, if you took away the names of the teams and just looked at those where it's just like Team A played Team B and beat them, then Team A beat this other team and destroyed them, then Team B came in and played Team C, and Team C almost destroyed them as well and only let them score seven points. So would you say that Team A and Team C would be a good matchup? People would say yes. I mean I can yeah. I can almost guarantee that if I go down uh let's say like two year two, three years from now and pull up these numbers or something, I'm sure that they'll probably remember though, and pull up these numbers and put no names by the teams that people would be like, Oh yeah, that that would be a good matchup right there. Those two teams, who who are they? Well it's like well, Michigan and Alabama. So yeah. Anyways throwing that out there. Yeah,
1: yeah. If, I mean it's just yeah, you're right. It's uh, how you finish, but um And I know it was was good to see Perry out there. I mean, I was happy to see him out there, so he'll be good next year too.
0: Yeah, that was your boy. I called you out on Twitter saying, you know, Perry's looking good. But and and I'll say this just so that people know it. But I know that every scenario is different. Every team plays different. Like we said, Florida seemed like they were playing a little unmotivated. But, anyways, end of that, wrapping up. Actually, end of the episode. This has been a little bit of a longer one, but hey, it's worth it. Because we're talking Michigan football, and we've got Craig back. So it's worth it. Full force here for the Blue Brothers Sportscast. The Blue Brothers are united, reunited, and always glad to hear our fans listen in. And we hope you all have a good week. If you want to reach us, you can actually go to uh, our email, and that's sportscast at gmail.com. Or you can also find us on Twitter at Blue Bros underscore and our names, so at B L U E B R O S underscore C A L E B for me and C R A I G for Craig. A lot of great stuff out there on Twitter. We really appreciate the conversations. We include it when we can, and we hope uh, we hope you all have a good week. And as always, go blue. Go blue.